Welcome, Matt. Welcome to Rotorua for episode 10 of the Performance Advantage podcast. And we're here in person. Yeah, actually, um, we've done some videos in the past, like, together. Yeah. We're in the same room, but um, this is our first podcast, kind of together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's been interesting. But 10 in a row is pretty good. Yeah. We're a day yeah. late. We're a day late this week. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, we sort of, even, it's a holiday even today, Anzac yeah. Day in New Zealand, so... Yeah, yeah. Got a bit more spare time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I ended up coming up to Rotorua to do a bit of, um, a bit of, uh, you know, talks and coaching with the New Zealand um, Mountain Bike Performance Hub, and we had three days of that. So I figured I'd just, you know, stick around in Rotorua, do some filming for some other videos, and you know, do the podcast with you. Yeah. Well, we've had great response from the Break Power Meter. Um, podcasts. I was just checking the numbers today, and um, yeah, I mean the video is available on I don't know every single social platform out there, so yeah. that's going pretty nuts. Yeah, uh, well, I wanted you know it's been a long time that I've been working on it. I wanted to make sure that you know the video that everyone who wanted to see it or you know could find it. So yeah. it's, it's on LinkedIn, it's on your Facebook, it's on your Instagram, it's on your Pink Bike, it's on and, YouTube, uh, it's on YouTube. Yeah, and um, you know I think that. The best one has been scrolling through the pink bike comments to see what everyone has to say because it's a harsh crowd. <laughs> overall, I think it's been pretty good feedback, so um, I'll just keep pumping out more videos. Yeah, no, I look forward to that. Look forward to shooting some with my mad mountain bike skills yeah, later right. on. It should be good. Should be good. Yeah. Uh, right. Well, keeping on the power topic, I want to talk about running power. This should get you going a little bit. Yeah. Well, you know, I love uh, talking about energy calculations and um you know powers up there you know for sure but running um you know i i've started running i will say and um you know i can do i, I start slow because i know how hard it how much it hurts right yeah so i'm doing you know about 10 minutes straight before i start walking um so i'm slowly building up but you know when we talk about running um you know i don't know much about running power so that's your area of expertise so you're going to teach me a bit yeah, so um, for for this podcast, we're trying to get a bit of structure in. So we've got some set structure, and then hopefully we can, um, we know when it goes up on YouTube, we can sort of segment it out, um, something new. So give us your feedback if you like it or not. Yeah. Um, so Matt, why don't we, why don't we run through the questions we pre-organize? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the benefits of being together. So like, um, I mean, we're talking power and running, like... Pretty much since running began, we could, uh, you know, go to a track and run circles and we knew what our distance was. Yeah. And we just timed that so we could easily calculate what our pace was. Yeah. Now technology's kind of come a long way. We could use GPS and now there's running power. So what is it? Yeah. So running power is essentially how much work you're doing to cover a certain distance. Well, it's work over time, right, is the power number um so when we you know are, are running up a hill we're obviously doing a lot of work um to fight gravity and go up the hill and um now rather than relying on pace which is obviously going to slow heart rate's going to increase um at that point in time we didn't really know what our effort was like um especially if you're a heavier person it's hard running up a hill regardless right um because you're just having to fight gravity now with power we have 
this, um, I guess, objective measure of how hard you're going over a whole very different terrain. You know, sure, we could go to the track and that's very representative of you versus me. 400 metres, we're on the same track, we're running around. What did you, what time did you complete? You know, that's that's kind of um, pretty simple. But then as running has expanded and especially trail running, um, the real objective measure of like how fast are we going, um, what kind of effort are we actually putting out um, has has drawn us to this running power metric. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I guess like if we think about um, running around a track, yep. it's flat. Yeah. Right. So to do, um, so the work that you do when you do one lap is going to be based on your weight because it's the same distance. And then, um, you know, we... We uh, calculate in our weight, and we can calculate the work quite yep. easily. And then to get our power, we just divide it by the time that it took, and we would know what our average power was. Yeah, um, yeah. It's fine. Just screen with sleep. Matt got oh, confused. Yeah. I, I was, got a bit <laughs> worried there. Um, but then, you know, like you said, when you get to hills, um, things get a bit different. Um, but And, you know, like when I think about cycling, um, you know, power kind of, like, cycling the speeds are really high so as you go faster like wind resistance is more of an issue yeah so going off of pace and cycling i think for a long time actually we've known that that doesn't really make sense to kind of uh, gauge your effort so heart rate monitors were popular kind of as soon as they were available yeah but like how do you think um training with power in running compares to training with power in cycling yeah well yeah just like you you mentioned with the running around the track um reference and the weight and the power so if you and I go running around the track you know you're say 60 kgs about at the moment and I'm 75 kgs so the effect of gravity on me is much greater because I have more mass to to move through space Um, so if we both run the same time I've done a whole bunch more work than you and uh, we can we can then look at our power numbers and mine's going to be larger than yours because I've had to move at a greater mass around the track. Um, But then what we can do similar to cycling is we can make that a relative measure. We can do watts per kg. So that's pretty simple. You just take your number, whatever it was, and divide it by your weight. Um, So that, uh, that starts to give us more of an indication of like, well, what do you like versus me? Um, Whereas beforehand, you know, we just had that one, time metric and for the elite that's really important because in order to win the race you need to be the fastest runner but as we drifted down um you know into the greater masses of runners whether they're your park run 5k runner or your ultra marathon 100k runner um, we had no real reference point to go well you know i can't run up a hill i have to walk um so what should I be, how should I be training? Um, yeah, so I'm not sure if that answers your question. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a, really a lot to unpack there because, um, you know, I think really uh, as endurance sports athletes, we've only just started to get our head around um, training with power and cycling, and now suddenly we have this new, you know, doohickey that we can put in our shoe and now we can train the same way that we do for cycling in running. Um, and... You know, I think it, power 
power is just really clean to use no matter what we're doing because if we're talking about going fast it's about using energy and it's about using energy really efficiently um, so it's uh, it's a really nice measurement to use whether we are running or cycling um, yeah so going back to your question about the um, how can we use it in training yeah it's that using energy efficiently right um, because what we so and when you say it's a really clean metric it is now the big difference between cycling power as people would know it if they do know cycling power is a strain gauge so it's actually a direct measurement of force that you're putting on whatever part of the bike that's direct measurement this isn't this isn't um you know a force transducer or whatever in your shoe it's merely um depending on what unit you have most people are going to be um using the stride power meter um garmin's recently released one there's also a run scribe one and uh so they can be on the heart rate monitor they can be clipped onto your shorts um for the most part they're going to be clipped onto your shoe um and because it's just clipped onto your shoe it's just um it's not estimate it's calculating it is making some estimations like the estimation um you know i said with if you and i run around the track i'm heavier than you i'm going to be doing more work it calculates my weight my height my speed and my distance and gives me that power number well you did this much work well you've had to do this much work to to get around the track so so there's that difference and in terms of the calculation it is so much better now which is why i want to do this podcast now and if you do go back to one of my well one of our videos we did on youtube um talking about the run walk i said don't even worry about power the only thing it's good for is distance calculating distance well they due to the sheer number and stride were first to the party for this so they have the user um mass and they've just cleaned their their algorithm up so much and even just the integration with watches before you had to you know like juggle around with your phone and an app and all of this and now it's so much cleaner um so you're really at a point now where i've been using the last few months getting back into it and it's just so much cleaner it is more a lot more stable so we are getting this really clean metric that is telling us yeah like what are we actually doing um yeah we you know i think like, like if i think about what we do in biomechanics we've been calculating lots of things like this about like um, we can calculate jump height yep. just from someone's time in the air and like the the calculations are pretty similar like we know what gravity is and we know like if someone enters their weight and there's lots of things we can calculate with just a little tiny sensor. Um, but I think, you know, so far, maybe one of the biggest weaknesses has been kind of trying to get that distance measurement because we've been relying on GPS to get distance. And um, that distance uh, measurement is a super important part of calculating power. Yeah, yeah. And also, um, you know, that distance measurement is super important in terms of calculating pace. So if we just go back to the start, and go you know what we're using at the moment okay so most people are relying on pace they want a good strava upload you know obviously strava is important yeah you were scrolling your strava this morning (laughs) yeah yeah i was uh so you want people to have a look and see your overall run oh yeah they average like a really good pace um and a lot of people are using pace i want to run uh, a marathon whatever distance you want to run you want to run it in a certain time, so you need to run a certain pace. So then people are relying on pace and training. Like, well, can I do this pace? And often intervals are going to be 
overpaced, but you're still looking at pace, okay? And even when you then integrate heart rate into the mix, so some people might understand, look, I, I live in Rotorua, I train around the Rotorua forest. That's really undulating. People understand and I can't rely on pace and this effort needs to be quite easy, so I'm gonna use my heart rate. Um, but then there's so many factors that go into influencing your heart rate. Yeah, because you get uphills, you get downhills. Yeah, and then you're trying to do intervals, so heart rate becomes irrelevant. It becomes more important about the effort you're doing. Um, so when we, we start to look at that, so yeah, people are using pace and distance is really important. Time is obviously like, there's no GPS signal for time. Time's easy. Let's say you're in the forest and there's trees and the trees influence your GPS signal. Now potentially your distance measure is not that accurate. So now you're running faster than you think you are. And so everything's good, but your actual training adaptation is maybe not so good. Um, or on the other side of that, it's a lot longer, so you're, you know, you're running slower. So now you're trying to run faster, but you're trying to run even faster than you should. And then there's a hill, okay? And so now you're getting into the hill and you're running even slower and maybe your GPS signal isn't that good. So, so you kind of, at a certain point, you kind of uh, maybe don't know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, pace is, is definitely good. Like it's been around, it's what people use, it's what people rely on. Um, but yeah, I really don't look at, in terms of the majority of my training, um, I'm looking at heart rate. And now above, that's my aerobic base training. So I just use heart rate. If I'm going up a hill, I don't really care what my power is or what my pace is. I'm using heart rate to say, I need to be easy. Yeah. It's really easy, you know, below a certain limit, regardless of what influences are on heart rate, heat, um, you know, tiredness and all that kind of thing. I'm just going, this needs to be an easy run. Heart rate's super easy. Yeah, so do you have any idea how much um, going up a hill is going to affect your pace? Have you ever kind of looked at that and been like, well, no way, I can't use that. Like, can you give us any kind of numbers of how that's affected? Uh, and the pace? Yeah. No, it's just so complicated because if you're super lean, then your power to weight is obviously really good you don't have excess non-functional weight um, then the gradient like some gradients in terms of running aren't going to slow you the same as other gradients um, then there's your fitness level like some people are going to be able to run a gradient if you just go what are you going to lose up a hill some people can run a gradient some people have to walk a gradient yeah you sure know? like there's some hills that are steep enough in the rotorua redwoods that like it's pretty much climbing up the side of a hill. Yeah, yeah. So if you're using pace to kind of gauge your intensity on that, yeah, um, you're you're pretty much climbing with your hands and your feet. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then like also people are these pace calculations that people are doing for whatever kind of event that they're doing, that they're generally taken from a road type of scenario, but then they're going to train on the trails, and obviously there's stopping, there's starting, there's curves, there's ups and downs there's technical um train and things and so yeah in in that sense imagine having an uh, objective measure to say look if you were running on the road if you were running up a hill if you were running down a hill if you were running in the technical trails if you're running on gravel um you're running on the beach this is 
how much effort you're doing. So that's pretty much, that's power, isn't it? That's power. That's what we have now. Um, and we now have a super stable platform that we can use. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Um, I mean, that's really what we need, right? Like if we're going to try and make improvements, we need a really good measurement to kind of know what we're doing in our training or at any time. So, um, you know, now that we don't have to go off of kind of a shaky measurement, I think, you know, maybe what we'll see is people start running faster because they're training more efficiently. Yeah, and like we can get into different metrics that this power meter can also give us because it's based on their calculations. There's certain metrics that is n- are needed to um, to calculate power. So like I said, um, you know, you obviously need your mass and then you need to know how fast you're going. Um, but then there's a couple other things that you need to know and that's vertical oscillation and ground contact time. So let's just say... In, if I'm running super slow cadence, doesn't really matter what the number is, you just need to know that it's really slow. I'm having to travel a really long distance per stride. You know, compared to if my stride rate was really fast, I'll be just be taking heaps of strides for the you know, so I I don't need to travel as far per stride. I can just take more strides. But then if I take less strides, I have to travel a really long distance per stride. Yeah, so running pace is pretty much how far you're going in each stride times how many strides you're doing every second, isn't it? That's it, yep. yeah. So the the power meters that we're using when we're running can actually calculate those two variables? Yeah, and so in order to travel forward, I obviously can't be on the ground. That's part of what defines running is two feet leaving the ground at the same time. And... Therefore, I need to travel up and forward. So how much I travel up is actually quite important because if I travel too far up, I'm now wasting energy. So that's vertical oscillation. And then on the down, you know, when so I've traveled up, I've traveled forward, now I'm landing. Maybe I've overstride. So I've landed with my foot in front of my center of mass and I've put my heel down first, a heel strike. So you get a braking force. Though. You get a braking force, but you also then have to roll from your heel onto the midfoot, the ball of the foot, onto the toe off. So now I've spent a lot of time on the ground, and that's ground contact time. So is that something that's going to change like uh, with someone's like maybe running skill level? Yes, definitely. Um, there's So those are just... A couple of metrics that are going to be really important if what a lot of people who have come straight out of the office and think you know and are getting into running due to tight hip flexors and hamstrings from sitting down all day um, the general sh- like um, posture is such that it's slightly slouched so there's an and so often it's an overstride what people are seeing so you can see hey maybe I actually need to speed up my cadence. So you've got that cadence metric. You can get that from your watch as well, but you don't get like, well, has that improved how much time I'm spending on the ground and how much time I'm spending in the air? These are both important metrics to um, your overall power. And because both of those aren't contributing to your pace. Yeah. So it's like a... Um, if you're jump, like if you're jumping high into the air, it's like, like when you're skipping, like uh, you're 
like I think everyone's kind of like run down the street skipping. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, even if they don't want to admit it. But like you, every time you're skipping, you're going really high in the air. Yeah. And that takes a lot of energy, even if you're going like quite slow. Yeah. And yeah. so if this all sounds quite complicated, like, oh, how am I supposed to figure all this out? The stride power meter give you a form power. So you have your overall power number, right? So that's um, the energy you're doing, the work you're doing over time. And uh, then they give you this form power, which is the amount of energy over that same time you're losing. So it's like wasted energy. It's almost Waste. like breaking, yeah. It's breaking. Yeah. It's like the brake power meter. Yeah, it's, so it's like, if you know, if we for you mountain bikers out there that are listening, it's like uh, how much energy are you like giving back to the trail by slowing down? Um, I th- it's funny actually because um, biomechanists like think when they think about running like if we drew like someone's center of mass as they're running yeah kind of going up and down up and down and forward yeah as they go along and what our muscles and our tendons are doing is they're kind of absorbing energy and what they're supposed to do if it was a perfect spring system is they would return our energy back to us and we could just kind of bounce around like bunnies um, it's not a perfect system um, because you know we need to use our muscles to kind of stop our center of mass from slamming into the ground with every step so it takes that energy and then we need to return it as well um and you know i guess if we're going too high every time we're just kind of wasting energy yeah yeah so when we when we run we obviously like you go to your skipping analogy um which is great you know that when you leap up and you jump back down you don't just completely stop you know there's some kind of spring bounce force that's involved there and um the the stride can actually give an interpretation of that which is called leg spring stiffness um so that's one of the metrics that it spits out at you and that can really just tell you again where you're potentially losing some of your energy um and where these that sort of leg spring stiffness and also the form power are quite important is tracking over time and tracking over time in terms of your training plan so maybe your training plan you know is is 12 weeks long you can have a look hey have have i improved these and then you can also track over time within a race so if you're doing um we're going to bring up one of my my files here from a 100k ultra marathon yeah yeah let's bring it up um so okay i'll bring it up now so for those of you who are who are watching or want to watch it'll be on facebook or um youtube and so what we when we have um you know your your form power so can you just actually start from the beginning and just over because what we were doing before is we were looking at kind of how your power matched up with your elevation yeah 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 all right can we do that just to kind of show everyone yeah so if we at the moment um, the graph, as you guys would all know, looking at your Strava graph, any kind of graph, is just my pace over the course of of time. So pace is up and down, up and down. Yeah. So this isn't this is the Talpa Ultra Marathon, um, and yeah, you can see like my pace is all over the show. So if I just looked at that, you'd think, well, I haven't done a very good job at pacing. Okay. Yeah. It looks like what you did is you were speeding up, and then you were getting tired, and maybe slowing down. Yeah, well, you would think that. So what we can do generally is just overlay um, elevation, right? Okay. And uh, So you overlaid elevation, and what I can kind of see is as you start to go up a hill, you slow down, which kind of makes sense, right? Because yeah. you're 
uh, you're pretty comfortable with pacing and you know that if you're going uphill it's going to be a bit harder because you're carrying your weight then against gravity so you just need to slow down so you don't put in too much effort right so yep then i can see you go down the hill and your pace goes up yep so that's um you know that's around this section you can clearly see uh there's um whoops i'll exit out of that so yeah you can see that when when i'm going up i'm going slower when I'm going down, going faster. And that can help give you a bit of an insight to, okay, maybe you haven't paced it so badly. Then what we can, we can do is, or how did you know how to do that? Well, we can grab some heart rate data and put that over the graph. And it makes it kind of hard if we just have a look at, say, the first, um, I guess, 50Ks of, of the race. Um, again, it's kind of like... It starts to creep up, yeah. Um, for for whatever reason, and in this instance, I'll tell you what reason. Maybe uh, dehydrated. Well, not. I mean, there is is that's definitely a factor. Uh, but I was. Um, I thought my pace was off, what it should be, so I decided to speed up, and I felt comfortable. So some people might not even use any metrics; they might just use what or is still, I guess, termed a metric, RPE, rating of perceived exertion. So I felt fine. I felt great. And this is a this is um, data from my first 100Ks. Um, and obviously it's early on in the race. Um, here on the graph that we're looking at is two and a half hours. And I thought, no, I need to speed up. Okay. That's, that's pretty standard. We see that a lot, yeah, don't we? Yeah, it's... Like- very very typical especially you come to race you're really fresh and you're like oh yeah i can go harder than this so you do yeah well i mean it's a hundred k's right so at the point um you know this is around 20 odd 30 k's into 100 i was fit enough to run 100 k's my goal was under 10 hours which is six minute k's so like that's the level of fitness i have so of course 30 k's into the race i feel like i can speed up yeah, that's sort of the point of my training. Anyway, so then I um, I thought my pace was down. I need to pick it up, you know, um, and then my heart rate goes up. So what was happening, which I know retrospectively looking at it, because once I got to um, halfway, my time. So I thought I was running at a certain pace, and I was going to arrive at fifty k's at just over five hours and I thought I need to speed up here um, and then even I was like okay I'll get there just over five hours now now that I've sped up and my average pace is what my watch was telling me and I get there 10 minutes before five hours okay so you obviously ran too fast no not according to my watch uh, my watch had given me 53 k's <laughs> so my GPS wasn't working and it made me look like I was running slower than I was so I get to the actual 50k mark and I'm way ahead of schedule I've sped up too much um, although only you know on my watch it just said hey I'm running to pace this is how fast I need to be going I need to be running around six minute k's my heart rate starts going up and I'm like nah nah I need to get sub 10 hours so this when did you do this race this was a while ago maybe this, over this is, a year ago uh, 2000 end of 2016 okay so a couple this is years a while ago, ago. Yep. maybe when you didn't know too much about power 
Yeah, so I was actually, I only got a power meter, um, running power meter a, a month or so before this, and I'd done a bunch of calculations, but I still wasn't, like I said, it, it was really unstable, um, and I just wasn't confident enough that I could trust it for my pacing. Uh, and then when you, when you look, if I can remove all this heart rate data, all this pace and elevation data, you can, um, yeah, you can see a very stable output until the end when I'm like, you know, completely, well, actually that's um, completely wrecked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay, so your power starts to go down there after about six hours, which Yeah, but in that, in that um, point, what I needed to look at was power. I needed to know, like, essentially this is the level of energy I can expend per hour, per kilometer, um, even though it looks like, you know, because of my GPS accuracy is a bit off, um, that I'm running a bit slow. Uh, I know from previous testing that if I'm putting out 300 watts, I'm running four minute Ks. Like that is the energy equivalent. Um, so if I think, oh, I've got to speed up, you know, it's it's not there, it's not available. Yeah, so this is really hard for someone. Like, I'm thinking about even you as a runner, you're going for, like, your aim is to run a certain time. Yeah. So what you think in your head then is, I need to run this pace. Yeah. Right? And I need to do this pace the whole time. Yeah. To be able to hit my target of time. Right? Because yep. that's what pace is, right? That's yeah, yeah. how fast you're running. So if you run that pace, you're going to get there in this time. Um, and, you know, over a whole race where, you know, that kind of makes sense. But what you need to do is you need to use that power then to kind of make it pacing adjustments on the fly based on the terrain, don't you? Yeah, and that's the that's the big one, you know, with um, the Rotoro Marathon for me coming up uh, next big weekend. Big for you. Big, it's big the event. one I've been training almost yeah. 20 weeks for, you know. Um, yeah, that's a long time. I've, I'm, use, I'm definitely relying on power. I've done a lot of testing with it, hence this podcast. Uh, and because, yeah, sure, you can have your, your end goal, your, your time goal, but how do you distribute your pace? You know, on the flat, it's super easy. On the fl- If it's just a dead flat course, um, I did the Christchurch Marathon last year, and I almost had no variation in my pace because it was dead flat, and I knew I needed to run this, to get under 240, you know, and I did. So that's great, and I was able to speed up a little bit at the end, even better. But then, you know, once you get into ultra marathon running, um, and you have trail running, and you have all these different factors that are influencing pace, it becomes really hard to look at it in any real moment of time. Um, So, yeah, you can use, and what I learned um, to do for the next one, was take, uh, still using power as a reference point, um, and take a 10K average split. So, you know, you've got the average pace over that 10 kilometers. I'm not looking at it per kilometer. So you get a good chunk of your um, time, of your your race, before you actually start to look at what kind of pace you're doing. Okay, so you, you kind of know what pace you're going to do at that given power, don't you? Yeah, Probably yeah, yeah, that. yeah. And that kind of puts your mind at ease, doesn't it? Because you are going for that time in the end. And we see this actually a lot with mountain bikers, you know, um, where they're 
get, they want to race for the win, but they also, you know, need to race kind of according to what they can actually do. So it's about finding that fine line of using your technology that you have to pace properly and to to reach the outcome goal that you have um, and, you know, also kind of racing to the race. Yeah. Right? Which is your pace in running. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it can be, you know, it's not foolproof. Um, there's influences like even if I had looked at my power in this um, – which I did as a reference during this 100K that we're referencing on the on the video, um, I didn't incorporate me wearing um, a camelback full of water and okay, all of so, my compulsory gear. So you probably have to take a hat and a jacket, some food, some water. Yeah. You're at 3 kg, suddenly you're heavier. Yeah. Which means when you're going up a hill, you're doing more work. Yeah. Which means uh, it's going to be harder. On you, isn't it? Yeah. You're doing more work. Um, yeah. Your pace would slow, wouldn't it? With yep. three kgs? And how did that affect your power? So you, you can't see that because I didn't update my power with the device. Oh, I see. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so since we're not using a strain gauge yeah. to measure actually the force that we're putting in, we rely on a, us inputting measurement yeah yeah the data yeah okay so the um so it's like i said it's not a direct measurement it's an algorithm so you can um you know generally you in your general training you're you're running without anything you know maybe a heart rate monitor maybe even a little handheld drink bottle um which is going to add a couple hundred grams which is going to be empty by the end not a big not a big influence in in your power when you start to add three kgs of non-functional weight now yeah, I'm running up a hill. Of, what, of your weight. Yeah. So yeah. and it's saying, it's saying, hey, you're you're running at um, you know here 340 watts. Um, it's max power. So 213 watts. And you're like, oh, cool. I know that's just over six minute k's, right? For for me. Um, and there's a blog that'll come out with this podcast uh, reference breaking this all down. And in actual fact. I'm not going to be running just over six minute k's at this power output because I now have to try and carry three yeah. extra kgs. Yeah, you're doing all that extra work. Yeah, so it didn't incorporate that. Um, so now we have a situation where if I didn't understand my data properly, which I said, you know, I wasn't ready for, for power just then, now I've got um, heart rate, which I'm kind of ignoring and which I probably should be utilizing in the initial stages, but is almost irrelevant because of fatigue over the next sort of 50 or 75, you know, after 75 Ks, right? And now I've got pace, which if you, um, you know, on this graph, I'll put my elevation data up and uh, you can see where GPS is almost like non- (laughs) didn't work pretty much disappeared yeah because we went so close to the cliff face of the talpo lake that um it just played havoc with it and it just becomes a straight line Um, (laughs) so pretty unreliable if it's a straight line isn't it yeah and uh and so then yeah when you're trying to incorporate pace and different things um it's it becomes like now i can't trust my gps i i can't trust my power meter because i didn't understand the metrics properly 
and I can't in the initial stages I can't trust my own perceived exertion because um, I, it feels way too easy and I think I should be running faster than I should so like what do we begin to what do we begin to look at yeah um, yeah. and that is the art you know you can't just rely on your numbers because sometimes they're going to be wrong and sometimes they're going to be right and you feel wrong um, yeah you know that's why training's fun I guess because it you know it's about dialing in kind of everything yeah to get you know our best performance I think it's safe to say though that you're probably going to use the power meter for the Rotorua marathon oh yeah um so it's so hilly that um you want to understand what that's taking out of you especially the the important phase so I did a, a an interval session that incorporated the hilliest part of the race to have a look at what kind of power and pace that those hills were taking out of me and what I was gaining on the other side um, and the thing with running compared to cycling like you can put out a big effort to get up the hill and then you can coast down you can't do that in running no you're still running you're still putting out so say I could go up at four minute k's and down at just over three minute k's even just to go down at three minute k's I'm still putting out the equivalent of the four minute k's going up but to run four minute k's up I'm putting out the equivalent of like the three minute k's you know so um so there's no respite um and so you you can afford to go over a little bit but then it was like but in in terms of if you're just looking at pace there's there's no way you could guess what pace can I go up this hill versus what can I gain on the downhill yeah whereas like I know that my power output around 340 watts for this race, which is what I want to hold for the, the Rotorua Marathon, is um, is what I'm going to, you know, it's a great reference point when I'm running up these hills and everyone's feeling good and flying off. Why I know, like, beyond that is diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, when it comes time to race, I think, you know, people might think you have a local's advantage when actually... <laughs> Maybe it's a bit of that, but you also yeah, have definitely a technological is. advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, like in, in that instance. But again, if if one dude or two dudes or a pack of five people are just ahead of me, like am I just going to let them run away? And so that then becomes the art and yeah, the self-control. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like when I did the, the run-walk, you know, these... Um, I was in fourth place and these two guys at halfway were over five minutes ahead of me and I ended up second place. But to let them run away with the overall strategy was really, really hard. Yeah. 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 Like, well, you don't know until you try and that's what we talk about when we talk about pacing. Um, you know, we talked about that on our pacing podcast. Yeah. Where we said, just try it and just yeah, try, try go it. slower. Yeah, yeah, just try and slow it down in the beginning. Yeah. So. Um, but, and then like with with now that we have running power you can see it even more like if it's if it's a particular kind of trail event and you go oh actually i didn't slow down i thought i did but it's just that it finished up a hill or you know it's i thought i i normally can run 10ks in in 50 minutes but it took me an hour i don't know if that trail was that hard we can look yeah and go oh it was 300 watts versus 298 like that is very similar yeah um you know, this is kind of where we were in cycling sports about 15 years ago when power meters weren't the norm. And, uh, you know, people that thought the data was confusing because it kind of is. Like, there's new numbers and stuff. Yeah. Um, and 
I think running is kind of at where cycling was, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. And then, you know, braking power <laughs> and braking is still not even where running power is because there's still a lot of understanding to go uh, before we totally have that dialed. Um, and these things just take time. Yeah, I mean, for so the running power meter, the stride power meter is 200 US dollars. So I would consider um, a reasonably small investment if you're into the data um, or if you're interested in talking to someone like myself to get a better insight into how you're training, um, then it's it's just going to be so much more valuable uh, being able to track these things over time. Um, which you can see things, how much weight has an influence on your your power because you have the power to weight, you know, the watts per kg. And um, the other thing it's able to do, now that watches are getting more advanced, the watch can choose to take the distance and speed metric from your foot pod rather than GPS. So when GPS drops out, when the GPS mm. signal drops out, it doesn't start to guess later on when it gets another signal, maybe 30 seconds, maybe a minute, maybe two minutes later and go, oh, you probably traveled a straight line from here to here. It can now start to use, fill in the gap that, okay, over that two minutes, your foot pod said you actually traveled this far. Yeah, Um, okay. So we have a bit of options as the technology kind of catches up. Yeah. How many years do you think before everyone's using a running power meter? Um... It really, how many years are still five to ten? Like, what is going to be the the game changer will be when they're integrated into the watch or they come stock standard. Like, so Garmin's um, new triathlon pack has a power meter built into the heart rate monitor. So obviously heart rate monitors around sort of your, your almost center of mass. So it can measure the, the vertical oscillation and all those kind of things. So, so yeah, like now it's starting to get, now people are starting to get it almost like um, when people got GPS on their new heart rate monitors. They're like, okay, I'm looking at it, but I don't really know what it means. So people are starting to just get this power data um, like they get cadence so everyone pretty much with um, a watch that was made in the last five years will get cadence every runner who looks at it you know maybe five percent of people is that and now we'll get to that and then people get to understand it and people will go actually well i've got power numbers now why do i need pace um yeah they have a good measurement yeah and it'll become more stable as more people use it like with stride now they've been able to um, integrate all these different terrains you know people running in the snow people running on the sand people running on gravel people running on mud um, all these things that just make it so much more accurate for us to go what's our you know objective point of output yeah yeah because what we need to realize is that like when we're using a device all these companies have all this information they have just massive amounts of information from running power from cycling power and you know probably what uh, most of us don't realize is when we sign up to yes we agree to the terms <laughs> and conditions we're like pretty much agreeing to give them all that information however they collect it and they can kind yep. of do whatever they want 
Um, and you know, that's really not a bad thing. Like your Google's doing it and your Google is listening to you right now <laughs> to kind of give you a better Google experience. And um, your power meter companies are looking at your power meter data right now to give you more accurate and more usable and uh, just better running experiences. Yeah. So, uh, and, and as they do that, like everything's just gonna get better for us. Yeah, more, more user-friendly. Like at the moment, um, I don't think you need a, a PhD to understand a lot of this data, but you need to be very mathematically minded and you also need to be very, have a, have, you want to be a high level user of your technology, of your, um, I guess we call them wearables, like sports wearables. Uh, otherwise, you know, if you're still trying to grasp what pace and heart rate mean in terms of zones, and how they um, are influenced by different terrains and, and different uh, elevations and things, then then heart rate, uh, I mean, sorry, power is going to be still beyond you um, as a user. Otherwise, if you are working with a coach or you'd like more insight, what you'd want to do is um, consult with someone to because it will help. And if you, even if... Um, you know, like what I'm able to do with uh, athletes is they can come to me and have no idea about power. I can run some tests within their training over the course of a month and then go, okay, for this marathon, this is what you need to do. Just have a look at this number and this is going to be really important. And so now they don't need to know. They just need to know like that is their threshold and this is, well, there's the importance of having a coach, right? But even yeah. some coaches are, I don't want to say behind the eight ball, but it's, it's an investment in technology and it's an investment in a lot of time to understand a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything, though, that we're learning. Like, um, whether you have to learn how to use a new email server or anything, like, there's just different kinds of learning curves. And actually, when you're using Power, um, it gives you lots of information and maybe you don't need all of it. But the more you look at it, and, you know, as someone who's training, like, we're going to look at that. And whether you're looking at big chunks or small chunks, at a time, uh, just over time, that's how we start to learn it. Yeah, exactly, and more people will begin to share things. Um, look what what's per kg I held for that marathon. Like, imagine that. That's completely different than look at my average pace. Yeah. Um, wow, look, I was able to decrease my vertical oscillation by two centimeters um, by increasing my cadence. You know, these are... Wasted the, way less energy. You know, yeah. Like, then you go out and you run, and you're like, oh, how can I waste less energy? Yeah. And, you know, that's when everyone starts to improve just from having more information. Yeah, yeah, more information, more usable information, more reference point. At the moment, it's a lot of high-end um, athletes that are using these things. So a lot of the numbers are very indicative of, like, you know, I saw some um, a big uh, article on the power numbers for sub-three-hour marathoners based off of, like, a collection of, like, a 1,000 people. You're like, okay, that's not where the majority of people are running their marathon. How does how do these numbers apply once you get maybe over 100 kgs? And what if you're? How do these numbers apply when you're walking a majority of your race and um, that kind of thing? So there are there are yeah definitely next level up calculations in terms of running effectiveness um, and yeah like your your comparable leg spring stiffness by dividing by your weight and so yeah you can get really really yeah you can like like, like yeah riding 
a bike like your bike power you can yeah. start to really look at vertical ascent meters and all that kind yeah, of stuff yeah, yeah. And like i don't like i Sometimes when technology, new technologies come out, I think people are a bit scared off because they think it's, you know, a bit too complicated. But really, it can give you really, really complicated metrics, but um, it's important to understand that there are things that can really benefit you that aren't super complicated. Um, but, like, I think they, the, the metrics need to cater to everyone, and that's how we'll improve. Yeah, and, and at this stage, like, it requires a couple clicks to get the further information at the base level like if you're um, looking on the video you know I have my average pace I have my time I have my average power I have my average heart rate um, I have average vertical oscillation which you know you don't need to look at and I have the distance right so distance time pace heart rate we already get those they're standard yep so the only extra couple I have is um, and normally it's not actually vertical oscillation it's cadence um, so I don't know why that's popping up but generally it's cadence and we already get that. People are already ignoring that. So now there's just like one extra thing, which is my average power, right? Um, and yeah, that's really just a matter of like either reading some articles if you're interested and in figuring out like what, what power should I be holding for a certain um, event? Uh, and because what you do is similar to the bike, you just do a test you know, either a, a critical power test of nine and three minutes or you take like a 10K run that you've done. And uh, yeah, then then you can just calculate, okay, why well, should be able to hold this? And you can do some training intervals at that. And and it's really, you can do, like I did um, the Rotorua Marathon coming up, did a couple interval intervals last night and um, I did them on the way to a club run and it was through the forest. But I knew, well, these are more intensity based strength intervals they're not like flat out leg speed fastness ones so I didn't really I could just look at my power like oh yeah that's equivalent to running 330s on the road so that's cool I'm, I'm in the right zone um, I can't use my heart rate because it's too high like it could be anything it could be super high or high 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 or like all right yeah but yeah. um at those intensities you know and then like with pace obviously is so undulating as on gravel i've got no idea what that reference is yeah yeah, yeah. Right. and then it's hard as well like is it six out of ten or eight out of ten hard <laughs> yeah i have i have problems with the rpes because um you know also depending on your level of freshness is going to kind of determine maybe how you feel how hard it is um, yeah so yeah, well, if I if you finish a marathon and I ask you how hard it was out of ten, is that how hard it was at the start? Hopefully not, because hopefully <laughs> I paced it properly, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I wouldn't. I, I, it would just be hard for me the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be the eight. Um, yeah, so I don't know, Matt. Like you are, this is all very new to you. Obviously, power's not, but the integration of power into running. Is there any other questions you'd have? Like if you if you were going to purchase a power meter. What, what would be the first couple of things you'd ask me straight off the bat? I think what I'd do is I'd, I'd just get a power meter. Yeah. And um, I would just use it and uh, start to gain information on myself. Um, and I think like uh, that's a really important thing is to kind of take the first step of understanding the information. Um, and then... 
I would start to ask you things, some of the more complicated things of how to improve my running. Yeah. Things like how to improve that vertical oscillation, how to kind of change my cadence, what my cadence maybe needs to be. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm not a runner, so I'd have to start, you know, kind of at the basics. Um, and, you know, it'd probably be about how to find my perfect power for running. Um, so really, I, I'd need to get my head around the information that I'm getting. And then I'd need to come to you and be like, okay, here's what I got. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. And that's, you know, I hear this time and time again. Um, you know, it might be someone coming to me for coaching advice or a training plan. And they go, once I get fit, I'll come and see you. Or once I'm ready to um, enter this event or once I get over this injury. But the thing with, with power, and I'm in no way associated with Stride or any other power meter running company, um, and like and getting a coach and all of these things or seeing a dietitian or starting stretching or strength is like if you start right now, you're ahead of the game. Yeah. yeah you know, like right. and so yeah, two hundred dollars it's free shipping worldwide, I think, um, for the for the stride, two hundred US. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's US, I don't know. Um, probably is. Yeah, probably. I don't know if they integrate New Zealand currency when you're on the New Zealand website. Anyway, so let's say it's 300. Um, That's going to be, it's completely waterproof. It's like bulletproof. They've got a great returns plan. Like, I do sound like I work for them. Well, I don't know. Like, I see. It's just a good, really good piece of kit that is. It's a pretty small investment. Like, if you're running trails, um, you you most definitely should have it because it's going to give you the best objective way to reference all your different efforts um, and track progress. Like, if you're really into that, if you're just out having fun, look, just just don't even take your watch, you know? Um, but if you are getting into it, that's just just start. Yeah, yeah, that's the important thing. Is there any place on your website where people can find more information about running? I know you said you had a blog, is that...? Yeah, so the, the blog will be put up with this podcast. So you just cool. jump on pacoaching.tv forward slash blog and then there's that one along with a whole bunch of others and um it's not that like it's not huge it's probably a page and a bit and i just run through how power did help me didn't help me or how and how it's going to help everyone and just i just talk about the 100k that i ran and how all these metrics influenced or like retrospectively were good to look at so yeah, pacoaching.tv, and then beyond that, you can, you know, will at pacoaching.tv or Facebook or Instagram or YouTube. Just comment, get in touch with me if you need help with this kind of stuff. Um, and then otherwise, you know, join the, the Performance Advantage members group, um, and I put up videos and talk about all of my races and how I've utilized this. And so it's a great resource for, like, simple monthly fee to, to jump on and check it all out. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So no doubt you'll be using this power meter at the Rotorua Marathon. Yeah, yeah. Coming up. Yeah, um, so, so I'll reference. I'll probably. I'll write a blog on that. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So I shouldn't stuff it up, right? You, well, you you kind of have to win, don't you? <laughs> I don't know about winning, but I have to do my best effort. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Well, they'll pretty much do it. It's pretty cool to have you right here, look yeah. in the eye. Yeah, that's been fun. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we'll sign off for today all right thanks for listening or watching everyone yeah we'll uh we'll catch you next time